retro anime. How did we find it? How does it hold up? Unpacking the ins and outs of being an old school nerd, and proving that 80s kids can't remember a damn thing right. These are the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd. Welcome to Mindless Midlife Musings of the Anime Nerd. I'm Rick, and I'm joined by the rest of our panel, Vic, Brian, and Lynette. How's everybody doing today? Reunited, and it feels so good. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this episode, we're talking about Hayao Miyazaki's classic tale of Man vs. Nature, the birth of Studio Ghibli, butchering a masterpiece, and more. Today we're talking all about Warriors of the Wind, better known as Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. I thought it was better known as Avatar Light. <laughs> Considering it was out way before Avatar even existed, uh... I would feel like Avatar, no. Avatar Prime would be a more appropriate. <laughs> so Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind is a 1984 Japanese anime film written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki based on his 1982 manga. It is animated by Topcraft for Tokuma or Tokuma Shoten uh, and Hakuhodo, and my pronunciation will never get better, so everyone just needs to get used to it. And distributed by Toei Company, uh, Manson International and Showman Inc. They produced a 95-minute English dubbed adaptation of the film, retitling it Warriors of the Wind. It was released theatrically in the U.S. by New World Pictures in June of 1985 followed by a VH, VHS release in December of the same year. Uh, for this, and, and this is, this anime is very important, uh, very important for us to lay out the groundwork of what happened with this, because so much of anime is dependent on the lessons learned from this one. For anybody who's of uh, the younger generations, they know Nausicaa of the, of the Valley of the Wind. That's what gets released at Ghibli Fests every year. That's what got released on Blu-ray. That's what Disney pushed out. And that's that's all. That's the only world they ever have to know. Uh, but for all of us, from before the dark times, we had Warriors of the Wind. <laughs> before the gen- The dark ages of anime. <laughs> Seriously, though. All right, so Warriors of the Wind, uh, they took most of the characters, their names were changed, uh, the the titular character Nausicaa, she became Princess Zandra, and they cut almost half an hour out of this thing for the North American release. Important half an hour. Yeah, I would absolutely. And it's important. This anime was important for a lot of reasons. One, it's the birth of Studio Ghibli. Uh, this was not a Studio Ghibli film, not officially. Studio didn't exist when this uh, anime came out, so uh, it was an important milestone in that making of this essentially created Ghibli and is also one of the earlier attempts at localization uh, and probably one of the best examples of doing a really shitty job of localization. That's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, so much so that I think probably my, my, I'll back up to when we first, when I first got this, I was, I was at Blockbuster Video uh, and it was on their shelf in their animation section. And I remember I saw the cover to this thing, and I, it looked like every sci-fi movie ever made rolled into one. And it was false advertising. <laughs> well, I thought, holy shit, look at this. There's this giant thing with teeth, and they're riding the damn thing, and there's robots with lasers and all this stuff on the cover. 
And so, of course, I rented it, and none of that shit's in it. <laughs> Nothing. There's no robot with a hood and a laser beam. There's no no dude. A lightsaber, riding. machine gun. There's none no of the, none of Nothing. Uh, so it is. I don't even know how they managed to pass that off uh, at all as the cover to this film. Uh, it, it very nice artwork yeah, from an artistic standpoint. It's great. I don't know what movie they were advertising, but it wasn't Warriors of the Wind. Can uh, I say? <laughs> I, I looked at the cover, and then I was watching the movie. I was like, I haven't seen nothing. <laughs> so just to let you know how I. I came across this one. Also at Blockbuster, it was there. But it was always one of those things that I've always wanted to watch. I just never... And, 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 and that's the way my Netflix and who is that. I have so many things in my watch list that I have yet to watch yet. This was one that I finally was able to knock off the list. And I was wondering, why did I... Why did I wait so long? <laughs> uh it's it's sad because uh the cover like i said the cover art's nice and 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 all uh there's so many crazy things on it there's a, a blonde male character riding on the back of a god warrior with like a rope and everything like totally like shades of doom like it looks like that's yeah. what they were trying to do they were trying to do it that. looks like an angry turtle that he's riding it's something. And then they got um, Nausicaa with her glider carrying a, like an M16. I don't know. It was really weird. <laughs> it was so strange. So glad I didn't pay attention to the cover. That would have confused yeah. me. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of crazy crap on this cover. And, and they, you know, Warriors of the Wind. And so this was, um, this was one of my first forays into anime, knowing it as an animation product. Like I didn't. Before that, it was just I was just watching whatever I watched, Robotech or what you know, Voltron or whatnot. But this was this was special. This was in the animation section, and uh, and I, I fell in love with this movie. I fell in love with Warriors of the Wind. I must be I must have been the number one renter for that film at my local blockbuster because I swear I kept checking it out to to watch um, before eventually I just dubbed it and watched my own copy. <laughs> this film uh, it. It had a, a very profound effect on me personally. Uh, it's the very man versus nature sort of aspect of it and all that. It was really, it was really uh, a big deal. But also, it was one of the most beautiful films I'd seen in that time. Hold on. Flag on the play. Flag on the play. Uh, yeah. play. You said it resonated with you, man yeah. versus nature. Uh, were you on the side of man, or did you... Like the uh, man cohabitating with nature. This this film is like uh, so much like uh, Princess Mononoke, which no, a lot no, of people no, compare this to. Hang on, hang on. I'm no, answering the question. No, 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 no. Build up here. No, nope, I'm on the nope. side of the Ohm. I wanted I wanted all the people dead. You're on the <laughs> side of the Ohm. Yep. Hey, um. Craig, please pay playback uh, about five minutes before we started this, this video. What did Rick do? <laughs> Those things don't count. No, yeah, I can't. I can't possibly be held responsible for what happened. I, I, I murdered a cockroach in cold blood. <laughs> I did. 
and that's why humanity deserves what it gets. That's it. It's I I, I am I am part of the problem. <laughs> I am I am all for it. <laughs> if an ohm destroys my house, I can go. Yeah, that tracks. I I, I probably deserve that. <laughs> Thank you. Now you can I agree. That. I agree. <laughs> it's just like every time a vegan looks at me angry for eating a chicken sandwich, I'm like, yeah, I know, I, I'm horrible, but it tastes good. <laughs> if I want me to eat chicken? He would not have made it so delicious. That's right. You know, right. Why, why would he make everything taste like it if he didn't want us to eat it? Like, <laughs> like he put, like he he not only did he invent chicken, he invented ingredients to make the chicken better. No, <laughs> I, I meant. To devour that chicken, I admit. <laughs> You're right. Like we talk about, like animals and predators and stuff like that. They're eating us just the way we are. Can you imagine these motherfuckers learn how to saute? <laughs> Over. <laughs> if somebody, if, yeah. somebody taught a lion about adobo. Oh, we'd all be screwed. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but alas. <laughs> That's uh, neither here nor there. The point is, is yeah, of course I'm on the side of nature. Uh, mankind, what do we do with it, right? We squander it, we exploit it, we you know destroy it, and that's that's sort of the the core of this. I want to uh, this part of Nausicaa, right? Because this is the only part of Nausicaa we ever get to see. There's the manga series, which is much longer, far more expansive. Uh, this film probably only covers the first third of the first book. And uh, and they lean hard on the you know the messaging of of being at balance with nature, uh, which is pretty damn awesome. But it's also one of the first anime that I can remember where v- vividly remember that the the lead character is a pacifist. And because every other every other anime I've ever watched, it's the hero goes off to battle. The hero, you know, saves the blood, you know, saves the princess. The the hero picks up his lightsaber. Everything. It's always that. But in this one, she wins by not fighting. She she wins. She she who's one of the warriors of the wind does not warrior. <laughs> right. No. And what's what's great about that? I mean, it's so powerful. She's an anti-war warrior. <laughs> There's this scene in there where uh they're being her her valley's been invaded and 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 her father has been killed and and she snaps and she goes into a murderous rampage and she's just annihilating these guys in full armor and she's basically got a cane and she's like whooping everybody's ass and shows that she has the capacity and power to do these things but it's when she realizes what she's done she falls back in on herself and and regrets immediately even though they clearly just slayed her own father. She she's she's torn by the fact that what she had done, and I I just I remembered that, and it stuck with me forever, uh, and that's why she she became my favorite anime heroine, and still to this day, Nausicaa is my favorite Ghibli movie, uh, my favorite non Ghibli Ghibli movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, we talked about when we were gearing up to watch this, uh, we talked about watching both versions. Um, just because Warriors of the Wind is the version we remembered, uh, the version, well, at least I remembered, uh, and I remembered watching. And then Nausicaa, of course, is it's like the director's cut, like finally getting to peer behind the curtain and see the whole story that was meant to be told. And oh, it's so 
great. Uh, <laughs> that makes me angry that I liked Warriors of the Wind so much. <laughs> we all make mistakes. Right? Uh, one of the things that was uh, an interesting musing about this film was uh, the effect it had on Hayao Miyazaki and how, because of this very movie, he didn't want localizations done of any of his work. And he was very adamant about it. And it took a very long time for them to convince him to do it. And when they wanted to bring over Princess Mononoke, uh, good old Harvey Weinstein, everybody's favorite producer, uh, wanted to make similar cuts. And I think everybody who's an anime fan's heard the story that uh, Toshio Suzuki sent an authentic katana with a message written on the blade that said no cuts to Weinstein. <laughs> so it's like was that a suggestion or a threat right yeah so <laughs> with that they uh well is it well authentic what did it have a sharpened blade yes. i would imagine it did every description describes it as authentic so it would have to <laughs> basically he said you got a movie i'm going to cut you with this <laughs> <laughs> right you cut a single second of this and you know this will be a used katana uh, <laughs> nevertheless it worked and and uh you know miramax didn't touch the damn movie he released it theatrically and and brought studio ghibli to the forefront of people's minds i mean to a lot of us anime fans we'd had other titles in the can before then we'd seen kiki we'd seen totoro we'd seen various incarnations of it of these other films but princess mononoke really kind of put ghibli on the map for anime fans in general and and that's kind of what makes Nausicaa a little more special, too, is because Princess Mononoke and Nausicaa are often compared to each other as the same sort of story. How did we get to the point where Patrick Stewart and Shia LaBeouf and Allison Lohman? Disney. So that's, a, that's Disney. Yeah, that's an interesting story in and of itself. You know, honestly, it's really kind of sad because Ghibli's movies uh, in the West are really... Uh, they they got a bad rap for uh, they got a, a bad habit of bringing not so great people uh, involved in the projects. So uh, John Lasseter, who was a head of Pixar, he was a huge fan of Ghibli movies, and he's the one that like met with Miyazaki and like you know petitioned hard to get Disney the rights to release their movies, and you know with the insistence that there would be no cuts made and regardless of content, and that the the translations would be you know is is. Uh, faithful as possible like all that he's a huge ghibli fan and it turns out you know he got fired for being a creep so weinstein <laughs> weinstein wanted to bring over mononoke love look what happened with him lassiter uh he defrocked animator for a disney pixar team he's he's you know long gone now also similar situations so yeah ghibli doesn't have a good record of uh finding great people over here in the west to manage their product but they did land with g kids who've been taking good care of them ever since. Let's talk a little bit about, about Warriors of the Wind versus Nausicaa. Can I ask the most important question? Please do. Is she wearing pants or not? Oh, You're right. That's an important question. It's a question I think we all asked at one point in our youth. The answer is yes. Yes, there and are pants. Flesh-colored pants? Is that where this came from? I thought the whole time she wasn't wearing pants. Mm-hmm. Nope, she's wearing like, pants. Okay. As did I, but as it uh, as it turns out, eagle-eyed eagle-eyed anime animation fans can tell you that she's definitely wearing pants. <laughs> they are unfortunately very similarly colored because color selection and options were not as uh, numerous. 
as they are these days. So yeah, very you know, easier to work with Pantone colors back then. <laughs> a very unfortunate color selection made uh, did bring that question up to a lot of people. Is that, was she was she wearing pants? Yeah, she was wearing. Pants. Maybe feel better I feel, now. I do. I, I feel a little bit better now. I mean, I enjoyed the movie, but I was like, I don't know if I should say I enjoyed it if she's mooning everybody <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> the problem is mooning everybody. It like they had. It felt like it was pixelated bukake. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> over. Like, like, time out. You're not seeing nothing with, as she's just. I'm like, I didn't know if it was another wooden vagina scenario, and I just needed. It. <laughs> well, I'm glad we cleared that up. And for anybody who's unsure, yes, yes, she's absolutely wearing pants. It was very it was strange for me to watch Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. Uh, in Japanese after having seen uh, Warriors of the Wind so many times uh, because for me that was the definitive version of that I had no idea how much what I was missing and to see all this backstory with uh, her relationship with you know the creatures uh, the jungle and all that was the fact that they cut all that out pretty pissed me off pretty bad Lynette had you watched Warriors of the Wind before this or were you uh, did you come in with Nausicaa uh, I have watched neither. Oh, wow. Uh, it was one of the rare ones where, you know, I'm like, oh, this is a... I saw it on Disney. Disney said, yes, you should watch this. And I was like, uh, maybe later. I'm going to watch, <laughs> I'm go watch Howl's Moving Castle and, you know, see how they... <laughs> Absolutely. Like but, um, I get it, sister. Yeah, I'm glad I watched it. I, I watched uh, Nausicaa first. I am very nice. grateful that I watched it first. Oh, and then yeah. when I watched Warriors of the Wind, I was like, oh, I don't like this one. <laughs> <laughs> Some interesting, uh, one of the things that that 80s anime had is uh, they had they reused a lot of voice actors from different projects. And uh, you, it got to the point where you, you knew who you were listening to a lot of the times. This is one of those films where I knew who I was listening to, but I didn't know who I was listening to kind of at the same time. Like, I knew that in the Warriors of the Wind dub, the prince is Cam Clark, who played Max Sterling, who played uh, Kaneda and Akira, who played, like, he was just in a ton of stuff. Uh, so I knew who he was, worked under a million different alias aliases. But the one I didn't know, which was pretty interesting, and now that I, I've listened to it again, I was surprised, was that Queen Selena in the Warriors of the Wind, that's um, what they named her, she was played by the late Linda Gray, who was like the sorceress and Tila from He-Man. So I was I was surprised to find that out. What's that? You said Linda Gray. Yeah, Linda Gray. She was the, the voice of Queen Selena in the Warriors of the Wind. If you hadn't hit that now, you'll go you can go back to it and go, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, was actually, I was actually about to make a huge mistake. I thought you were describing Linda Hunt. Oh no, 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 no. No, Linda but Gray. Like, I was about to say, oh, this is that's freaky. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and and Lord Yuppa, played by Patrick Stewart in the Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind cut, was played by uh, Russell Johnson in the uh, Warriors of the Wind dub, who is the professor on Gilligan's Island. Yeah. So, so just these like weirdly relevant voices for people from our our age group. <laughs> Just like the point. Lord Yuppa is a fucking G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Look, yeah. 
I did not see any of the, I did not know that he was going to be the Kakashi of this movie. Or, or you know, I didn't know he was going to be that badass. <laughs> he was the guy that you don't mess with. And I think they did. I think they did a great job of subverting. It's not like anybody in there had that, that, that Chris Hemsworth type of physique or mm. charisma. You know, everybody looked like they could have been an extra on Lord of the Rings from the Dwarves. Right? <laughs> I mean, they either had epic mustaches or beards. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. beard stashes or <laughs> whatever that thing yeah. was in front of Yuppa's face was. Yeah, I I Which can I can I say that for <laughs> um I had an issue with all the facial hair. <laughs> You have to wear a mask, and this mask is supposed to protect your face from all the pores and shit. And you're going to go ahead and have a lip fairy. It's an additional filter. Yeah, it's additional filter. Like you can see when Yuppa's wearing that face mask, he takes all of that and he like shoves it up in there because it's, ain't none of it coming out. If we've learned anything from COVID, it's that wearing a mask with facial hair, it does not go well and the more facial hair you got the weirder it just looks like it just looks like hey it's uncomfortable it's terrible so so props to yuppa who manages to tuck all that into the mask because it there's a lot there well <laughs> it, it does have the side flaps so the people with go. those the like monster stashes they're okay <laughs> they just kind of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they sort of look like basset hounds when they got those things on. They got these little flat right. things down the sides. Um, so I did have one question. Yeah. Is it the Sea of Decay or is it the Toxic Forest? Oh, uh, yeah. So the Translation called it the Sea of Decay. The Sea of Decay and... is the, the body of water adjacent to the jungle. Yes. Right? When I, I well, when I first when I when you go into the introduction, mm -hmm. said he he mentions the sea of decay spreading. Mm -hmm. I think he's meaning like the spores. Then when you watch the the warriors of the whim, they call it the toxic jungle. Right. Trying to figure out which one is the real one, or was it not? I mean, I'm gonna really? I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on the Disney's. Disney translations for this just because they were so adamant that they would do their best to get it right. And Warriors of the Wind clearly didn't give a shit and they just did whatever <laughs> they wanted with it. So uh, I always, my, my biggest problem is, is that I know these characters. I, I, I've read the books. I, I've watched every version of this movie, but my head always processes the information as the Warriors of the Wind version. So it's very challenging for me. Uh, so I always think of it as the toxic jungle because that's what it was called for like 15 years of my life. And uh, if it is, if it is anything else, I, I can't help you. It's just, that's the voices and the terminology. It's been ingrained in me much the same way Robotech had ingrained all of that information into me as well uh, with their localization of super dimension fortress Macross. It's, you can't, it's so hard to break away from like that saying old habits die hard right you just you get used to things being a certain way and then every if it all changes on you and you're like well, well hang on now i'm I, it i'm still used to calling it the toxic jungle and princess sandra and i just 
give me some time here. So <laughs> I have come around to a lot of it, like the, the names uh, and whatnot. But but yeah, I still call it the toxic jungle. <laughs> I can't help myself. So somebody, will, I'm sure, will correct me. This is your first time with both of those. And Brian, you'd seen Warriors of the Wind prior. No. No? So you came no. into this You came into this fresh, too. I came in there fresh, and I can honestly say I was able to make it through Nausicaa. I had huge problems making it through Warriors of the Wind. Like, really? I kept falling asleep. Now, I is that is that because you're bored out of your skull, or is it just because we're old? I plead the fifth. I do not know the answer. <laughs> I um, so my my wife is not a fan of the film. Uh, she was not a a Nausicaa fan. Uh, one of her least favorite of the Ghibli films. So I I I know that I am I am uh, an outlier here when I say that it was it was my favorite film. But it's because I have so much history with it. I've, I've spent more time with it than probably anybody in this panel. So uh, I, I I remember seeing it on Blockbuster Video. And, and walking right past him, like, man, one of these days, I'm going to have one of those three for five, or, or I'm going to have something where I'm not having to pay for it. I'm going to be able to rent this. <laughs> I, it never, and I work for Blockbuster, so I mean, I got free movie rentals. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. Um, yeah, it is, it, is, uh, it is an outlier, or I am the outlier in this one. Uh, that is... <laughs> I, somehow my psyche, I knew there was never going to be any warriors. Only one person was really about the wind, and I just didn't want to set myself up for de- for for depression. <laughs> Not disappointment, but depression. <laughs> it's an understandable reaction. Because it's not it's not like a traditional kind of story, right? That's something that Ghibli's Miyazaki's always managed to do is is subvert expectations with stories. Sometimes it sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, if you give Ghibli anything, it's that they're an imaginative group of people, uh, and the world building in this is imaginative, but it's not for everybody. And uh, I, I well, I'm fully aware of that. That's not. <laughs> I think the thing that 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 the best way I could ex- describe the difference between Nausicaa and Warriors of the Wind is a difference between analog and digital, right? Okay. So analog, you have the wave, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just a, a standard wave. Digital comes, and it chops that wave up to be able to encode it to where it needs to be. Sometimes when it chops, it doesn't chop it all the way. So you get little blips of information that's missing. For instance... The first time you see her with the with the ohm eye, right? Mm-hmm. Nausicaa shows you that she actually takes a shell and takes the gunpowder and traces it around and then lights it. And then she's able and then after that, she even after doing that, she still has to hammer away at it with her ceramic sword to pop the right. eye off. Warriors. Oh my god. Pop I was like, <laughs> <laughs> It came right off. Superhuman strength. I feel like we missed oh, a couple shit. details there. <laughs> and, 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 and that's the biggest problem with Warriors is you miss so many details. Like, all of a sudden, they have a, 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 a baby 
Gorgon now. You're right. And they're flying. How did they get it? Yeah. No, you're not wrong. The Warriors of the Wind cut a lot of context out. Uh, and it, it, it was oh, a disservice. Why the eye? Yeah, why yeah. the eye? They don't even tell you. They just She just pops it out and takes it with her. In Nausicaa, she actually shows it's like a little shield. She can take off the mask. Yeah, she's like chilled out underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, her knife can barely scratch, even can't even scratch the shell. It's like, and it's like, oh yeah, pop. Here's here it is. (laughs) Served absolutely no purpose. Yeah, if it comes off so easy, how useful could it be to the village? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, showing that it that it was uh, far more durable. No, I I mean, don't get me wrong, man. Nausicaa is, is a wellspring of information that, you know, it's like you say, like we've talked about before, showing your work, right? It spends the time to explain to you why things matter. Why does she have such a relationship with the Ohm? She has a relationship with the Ohm because, you know, she's ever since she was a kid, she's been able to, you know, to feel that way about them. So it's things like that. that are cut. You just like it got glossed over. Why is she collecting samples? Why is she collecting little seedy yeah. things? And... Why is she yeah. doing anything? <laughs> yeah, why does she even go there to begin with? <laughs> the 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 story Especially is out that her father's dying because he went in there too many times. You the oh word you you, you know I'm gonna go take a trip my damn self. <laughs> <laughs> they had to they had to cut out the science part. Kids don't want to learn about science. Come on. This film, I found it strangely relevant in, in this particular time uh, just because of all the different things that were happening with like the fact that they had to wear masks because they weren't safe. Like That felt very, very familiar in all the right wrong Especially ways. Especially now, huh? Right, yeah. The air was toxic. It was like, God, that feels really, really relevant in this day and age. The, the fact that... Indictment on L.A., yeah, <laughs> and and Mother Nature's like, hey, I'm gonna take the Earth back now, bitches. And this, like, and you just look at the coastlines after hurricanes, and you go, yeah, she's taking it back piece by piece. <laughs> and just it all feels very, very relevant today, which is is kind of interesting uh, when you think about it. You know, in the time period that it came out, I mean, people, especially like conservationists, have been telling us for decades that you know what we were doing was no good for for the planet and then here this anime from 1982 <laughs> comes out and it's just reinforcing that message it was just it's 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 pretty it's a pretty profound piece of work this many years out still and that, that's sad to me more than anything else it's like we should be able to look at an anime like this and go man this is how we thought shit was going to go back then wow it's a good thing we turned it around <laughs> Right. This one is. This one is. Uh, this could happen. That's right. Oh, we're still on track for this. Okay, cool. Like, <laughs> it's Marvel's "What If." <laughs> what if we continue? I appreciated it. I still do. All these years later, because the messaging is is still just as strong. Uh, it's um, in my family. We we're always been a little more like interested in animal conservation and, and whatnot and things like that. So it's this film resonated with us a lot. My sister and I, we watched the shit out of Warriors of the Wind. <laughs> so, and, and, and now here we are decades later, the same damn problems. <laughs> it's, it is, uh, I do want to spend some time talking about 
what this did for Ghibli uh, in that Ghibli exists because of it. I think that was uh, a pretty big deal. Uh, they had done work before. Uh, they had done everybody's favorite movie, Grave of the Fireflies. And that was before this or after it? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they did. Oh, we were never supposed to discuss that ever again. And they had this, which, uh, again, profound piece of work, just like Grave of the Fireflies, but in a very different way. And and then they they became a studio, and then they just said, "Yeah, we're gonna start making we're gonna start making shit like legit now." It's like, "Oh, you weren't before? Okay, cool." Uh, really, really glad you decided to commit now after making these two other films. It's important. Warriors of the Window is important to anime nerds because of of how it introduced us to that style of creativity, that type of storytelling that was a little more mature than maybe we were used to. There was no cute sidekick. There was no comic relief character. There was none of that. There was there was telling was telling a dramatic story in an animation format. Yeah, because back then all we had was either Saturday morning cartoons or heavy metal. <laughs> Those <laughs> were pretty much our options back then. Right. So much like uh, Super Dimension Fortress Macross did with uh, bringing death to the forefront and bringing you know more mature themes to a series. Nausicaa was doing the same thing at the film level. Um, again, just like you know, a lot of Ghibli's earlier work. For me, it made me fall more in love with the format than I ever had before. And I think it's that way for a lot of people. That's why it's constantly shown at these Ghibli fests and, and things like that, despite not officially being a Ghibli movie. Um. <laughs> I feel like all the Ghibli movies, I don't know if it's intentional, but they're designed for you to leave with questions and discussion. They're, you're not meant to just go, oh, that was a great movie and kind of like popcorn, throw it away. It's more like watch it and then you sit back and you actually have to think about things and then you actually talk about it. I feel like maybe some of their, their, some of their more fantasy stuff. Mm hmm. I don't know about their like their period pieces because some of them like for example from Up on Poppy Hill that is literally just a straight up period piece drama mm -hmm. whereas you get you know Nausicaa which is like yeah it's like you have questions when the movie's done you know Princess Mononoke you got questions when the movie's done but I don't yeah so some movies yes others not so much. Okay. I haven't watched them all, so I can't say definitively all of them. So I'm still, glad I still got a ton I got to go through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of character pieces that are um, less fanciful. And those are a little more straightforward, like Vic says. Um, but yeah, you're right. And when he wants to hide his message in something a little more, I want to say theatrical, uh, that yeah, that, I always feel like that was intentional. I, I, I got to admit, I am finding a mixed message after watching it, right? Sure. So we're supposed humans were supposed to be working and living together with the insects. I always find it interesting that they called them. They just went ahead and called them insects, you know, um, because you're basically talking about I'm looking down on you. That's what I hear right here. Insect. I'm, it's below me. It's beneath me. Um. But we're supposed to live in harmony with them. Mm. The problem with that statement is that I don't really think that, that that harmony is ever truly embraced from any of the other characters. And as you're watching no. it, anytime conflict happens, 
she's having to do some type of dramatic pose. So it's, it's almost like a reverse Gengi force pose <laughs> where she's having to do something to stop the violence or stop the press. You know what I'm saying? No, you're not wrong. Uh, it is a, it is absolutely one of those things where, and I, I, I kind of appreciate it, is that she doesn't change, I think, maybe a single person's mind this whole movie, right? Her, 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 her whole purpose isn't to convert everybody to her line of thinking. Her, uh, and, and if it is, this is much like how it is in the book. This is the first part of a longer story. That's kind of how this is too, right? It's it's almost like a setup for more story, uh, but it still at least does tell a complete story. Uh, but yeah, she doesn't resolve or change anybody's mind in this. It makes maybe maybe Yuppa a little bit, you know, and and maybe uh, Prince, maybe you know. But at the end of the movie, Yuppa wasn't the one who was flying, was it? It was somebody else who flew Yuppa. Yuppo is not flying. Yuppo doesn't fly, bro. I, I, I know. I sure that there was no time skip or time jump where Yuppo found out how to fly. He's like, you know what? I have to go do it. <laughs> no. No, he was definitely I not. I really enjoyed Yuppo's character. He's he's great. Actually, I enjoyed most of, the, most of the characters in this. Even the villains are compelling, which is something that happens a lot in Ghibli films. The villains are... are Almost right. It's kind of kind of comparable to like uh, Star Wars villains in that it kind of sympathize a little bit with characters like Dooku. You're like, yeah, man, this Republic needs to get it, his it, shit together. It, it, like, yeah, they're being, you know they're not being the nicest of people, but it makes sense why they're doing it. Right, their motivations are clear, and uh, and even even a, even some of the the, the sniveling. Uh, commander with his wry smile and it's like he's he's even he you kind of understand his lot in this in life and he understands his own place in the world and and those characters are almost likable like just uh that's it's uh the magic of the world building that they do right ghibli's and miyazaki's characters they all they all feel like they've lived in this world they all feel like fully realized fleshed out characters even if they don't have a lot to do uh, and that's that's a testament to the work that gets done in the film itself. Yuppa's great. Yuppa's fantastic. He's so effortlessly cool for a guy with a mohawk. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, and and but like everybody is. Mito, her the you know the right hand with the the eye patch or Axel and Warriors of the Wind, however you want to go with it. He's great. He's a side character. He barely does anything, but he's you could tell he's got this camaraderie with her and he, and protecting her and, and he's got a history with the king and like it's just all of these characters are really great. I would say she her senses are by far the best thing I've ever seen and I'm glad I heard that paint is not drying evenly. Somebody needs to go ahead and burn it. Her senses were just ridiculous. <laughs> you know what? I would have liked if they had found a way to Say that her senses or her enhancements to her senses because they were clearly enhanced, right? I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like she was more attuned to the world. I think that's probably a better way of saying it, yeah. They could have said something in terms of it's her exposure to the spores currently that has been allowing her these gifts. I think, I think this sort of, and I, I mean, this is going to be 
guesswork, but hear me out. I think this is more about she's not those things. She's not some superpowered person. She's just a person who is more in tune with nature. She's more accustomed to the ebb and flow of things and understanding the movements of animals and understanding uh, the way the way the winds change and all these things. Just being one with nature, a very Shinto-esque uh, approach to life. And that that is why she sees and feels and hears things that everybody else doesn't because they're all too they're all too modern modernized they're all too you know worrying about burning the spores and you know fighting off the bugs and all these things and she's always trying to find balance in 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 all of it and i think that that's where that comes from i don't think they're trying to say she's a mutant you know she's not an x-men uh it's just that that sort of natural inclination of people who are more in tune with the world to have an understanding of of how things are working and i think that's kind of like sort of what they did with Mononoke as well, right? Ashitaka sort of has that same thing. His his tribal people, they live more closely with the Earth, so he's more in tune to things uh, than other characters. So that, that's that's my two cents on it. Uh, I think it has more to do uh, with Shinto. I think the garden scene is a, a perfect summary of Nausicaa and the ideas of how... Cause explain she goes the water comes from deep under these things that are poisonous otherwise are actually not poisonous now you know she just explains her observations all through mm-hmm. those pieces so you can see like you said she she observes the world around her and realizes you know uh the toxic jungle yeah is not really a bad thing it's actually a good thing it's fixing what we broke and mm-hmm. And the Ohm, I remember what Warriors of the Wind called the, the buggy Gorgons. things. They called them Gorgons. Uh, giant Gorgons. Because, of course. A, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Ohms are kind of just like those sentinels, right? You see yeah. them pop up. They're just like, hey, what's up? How's it going? You killing anybody? No? Okay. And it goes back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Absolutely. It's like, yeah, it's usually chill, and then you piss one off, and all of them come to destroy your village. Exactly, (laughs) right? You kill one bug, you got like a billion that come after you. That's that's kind of how I felt. Is need to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'll try my best. I'll try my best to remember that. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I felt. That Warriors of the Wind was missing. You know, it was Mm -hmm. missing a lot of that explanation. I felt yeah, like it turned, of explanation. Yeah, I, I felt like it turned the movie in, from uh, you know, look at what happens when you do this, and look at the look further into like you looked at the toxic force, and all you see is death, decay, nothing's happening. But when they fall through the sand, you see that it's actually not death, decay. It's creating that filter, so now there's clean water, there's fresh air, blah 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 blah. Or the wind doesn't really explain that. So it kind of makes it like an us versus them type thing. Like, yep. we're just trying to survive oh. these these big monster bugs. And, and Nausicaa is the only one who knows how to tame them, get them to go back where right. they came from. It feels like they're saying that the, that the spores is like the rebuilding of the ozone layer. Well, yeah, it kind of is. Oh. Yeah, the toxic jungles, the the filtration system for the filth we've done to the planet. Uh, 
through all of our, our pollution and wars and the toxic jungle is, is a, a huge HEPA filter trying to, to get rid of all of it. But we all live on the HEPA filter. So, you know, we're dying from of our own toxins. We are the poison. That's really this the message in this. And only only by embracing uh, Princess Nausicaa's approach to to respecting nature and living in balance with it can you can you get through that that filter and get to where everything's been cleaned up um the but i I mean ultimately it it doesn't look good for us (laughs) even by the end of the movie they try to give you this uplifting moment with you know the the ohm like healing her and in this this beautiful like field of gold thing which is really like more tentacles than any hentai's ever tried and like all of this and it ends on this note with new life, you know, sprouting up from the ground. Uh, it's very, you know, it's very beautiful, very optimistic. But the reality is, is I think a whole shit ton of us have to die, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at that. I mean, they destroyed another kingdom altogether. They destroyed, <laughs> you know, most of civilization. And then, you know, they saved one girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, our numbers, our numbers don't look good. Um, and and I, I mean, the messaging is... It's kind of on the nose, like as soon as they start busting out the uh, the fire demon warrior, the great warrior, it's kind of on the nose, right? It's like, here's our weapon of mass destruction. And, you know, it's just falling apart and <laughs> ending horribly for everybody who tries to use them. Is that once again an allegory for things like the bomb? Probably, probably is, um, but also, you know, relevant and true. Uh, the more we try and fight back against nature the more nature's just like now nah, we're gonna do it anyway <laughs> yeah or or how we try to turn nature into a weapon because that's how they got it to attack yeah was it Pridget? you yeah. know the their own people got it to be attacked and destroyed by, by uh kidnapping one of the own babies make them go after it so they were able to to make them go their a certain path so I use a, a an old fire demon when you can just mm-hmm. use nature to do your thing. You know what you know what Nausicaa is? Nausicaa is a sequel to Attack on Titan. <laughs> <laughs> is it a sequel or a prequel? Oh, it's a sequel. See, because all the Titans are, are these old fire demons and then they've wiped out humanity. Humanity's <laughs> starting over. <laughs> So this that's what happens. They just they brought back one of the Titans and taught it to Spitfire, and that was the end of it. <laughs> but yeah, it's all of that is 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 poignant in the messaging. But I I get what and I, I want to be clear, this is absolutely not a defense of 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 the uh, the dubbing studio. I get what they wanted to do. They wanted to take this and they wanted to bring it over here and they wanted to make it another little mermaid. They wanted to make it something that was uh, something they could show a broader audience. And I don't think they felt America was ready for that kind of messaging. But they were wrong. We were ready. Uh, <laughs> they turned it from one kind of movie into a kitty film. That's what they were trying to do, yeah. They're they're trying to do that. And, you know, it's too bad because the film didn't need a cut. And nevertheless, that's what we got. So it looks like we've eaten up our time here. So let's... Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let's give our final thoughts. Uh, and for the purposes of this, we can 
go we'll do final thoughts and then we'll do if brian if brian's up for it we can we can try and rename the anime if he feels like it's necessary so <laughs> final thoughts on nausicaa the valley of the wind slash warriors of the wind i'll start with you lynette lynette uh lay it on us uh i prefer nausicaa over warriors um i'd have to say i enjoyed both of them but uh as the story goes, uh, I felt warriors just jumped around a lot where I was going, huh, what? What's going on? And then uh, with Nausicaa, I kind of I kind of liked that one better. You know, this, it was a little bit longer, of course, and the story was a bit deeper, but I think if I had to choose, I'd probably go with Nausicaa over warriors. And is it worth is it worth checking out a Ghibli Fest for anybody listening? Oh yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Now feel bad that I keep skip. I kept skipping over it. So <laughs> <laughs> now you know. Just, All right. Just... All right, Vic, your go, man. Orders of the Wind slash Nausicaa. Okay, so on principle alone, I mean, I saw chunk bits and chunks of Warriors of the Wind growing up. Never watched it from beginning to end. And I mean, I own the Disney cut of it on Blu-ray, and that's pretty much the version i always tend to watch so everything i've seen and read for is the real wind you most people could easily just avoid it like the plague you know because it's a vital 23 and a half minutes that are missing as opposed to nausicaa it's it's you know it's it's worth the watch and definitely you know when it shows up on ghibli fest people should watch it rock on all right uh brian Brian, are you up to give us your final thoughts on Warriors of the Wind and Nausicaa? Yeah, I think that they there are other movies that have done it better uh, for what it was trying to say. When it comes to respecting the land, that's straight out of Dune. That's Frank Herbert all the way. When it comes to uh, just using the resources or, 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 or life, while we're saying that Avatar came out way after it. I could definitely see how James Cameron could have looked at this movie and said, you know what? I think I could do this better, and I'm going to put it on a moon called Pandora. <laughs> you know, because basically this could have been the, the, the lead up to how humanity has to leave the Earth. You know? Sure. but I could see that, yeah. I mean, on, honestly, this movie could be a prequel to so many other movies right and i i wish they did a, a more complete job and again i think i suffer from the difference between something that should have been a series as opposed to something that is ultimately just put out for a ova you know mm-hmm. and i really feel that this is one of those type of things Especially if they wanted, if you wanted to be on his high horse, mm-hmm. he could have taken the time to actually make this a series that would we could have ingested all the messages that he gave us, like the whole HEPA filter portion of it. It doesn't come back. So you know, if we do this right, if we save everybody. I can even come back and show you a better place for, of what this, what this all means. Now, once does that ever get brought up? Right. Once she leaves. It never comes back into the. It never comes back that she was able to go to the promised land. Right. So, I have an issue with that. So, am I am I right in and boy, it feels weird making this comparison. Am I right in saying that 
it's kind of like Plastic Little, where you needed more time with this, and it would have been better served as a series. Yeah, yeah. Rock on. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, obviously, I see that, and knowing more about the story because of having read it, I I can tell you that yeah, there's a there's a shit ton more there. They could have done some Lord of the Rings level filmmaking with this story. So yeah, my my thoughts on it, I thought I've I've made it pretty clear. Uh, Warriors of the Wind was an important part of my development as an artist, as a, a fan of animation in general, as a fan of storytelling, uh, as just as, as to be a decent human being, really. And and when I finally found out that Nausicaa expanded more on that concept, I was all in, and I still am to this day. It still remains my favorite Ghibli film. Much to the contention of my wife, but <laughs> but I, I do, I do, I think that this movie it has a relevant, has something to say. I, I do, and I think that it's it's worth checking out. And if you ever want to see how it was done in the '80s, this is a pretty damn good example of how it's done. So definitely check it out when Ghibli Fest brings it to your neighborhood. Uh, I think you, I personally think you won't be disappointed. So now let's let's get into the renaming exercise. Uh, Brian, I'll let you start because you're such a fan of it. So if you were to rename Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, what, what would you call it? Warriors of the World, for one. <laughs> <laughs> Wind Warrior. Wind Warrior. Wind Warrior is. All right. Does anybody else have any... Uh, the alternate titles they'd like to give Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. I honestly, I also agree Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind is a rather long title. But when I tried to think of something more apt, I think Wind Warrior is probably a hell of a lot better than anything I could come up with. Um, Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Captain Planet. <laughs> Yeah, it's this is a this is a tricky one for me. I, I don't I don't have a good one. Leonard, do you have an alternate title? <laughs> I mean, I don't think you can top I mean, Captain Planet. So yeah, I don't think <laughs> I can top it. And and the only one that comes to mind is like Village, but M Night Shyamalan kind of killed that that title, so I can't really because <laughs> <laughs> it all centers around the village, you know. Yeah, little yeah, village, valid, but you know, sure. calling it Village just. <laughs> No, it's just, it's just, it's just yeah, I'm pretty sure there's already a movie called The Village. Yeah. Before we go, sure. I got to give a shout out to the villagers. Those <laughs> motherfuckers crap. Yeah, they sure <laughs> did. The three old guys. The three Those old guys. guys. I loved them. I, I did. I loved them. And I loved, I think what I loved is, is how much everybody in the village loved her. Mm-hmm. Like, that's. Mm-hmm. You can tell she cared about people and she spent time with them. And you know, the way that the way that we wish rulers and leaders were today, that they, they actually genuinely cared enough about people to to spend time with them and, and help them and, and be a caring person who genuinely cares about their well-being. As if opposed only. to you know, as opposed to being a, a, a politician or a militaristic leader. Like uh, Kushana was definitely a leader, but not a benevolent one. You know, if anything, she was borderline totalitarian. So, borderline. And, same... <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing with the uh, with the Pejit people, Pejit people. The Pejit people were were dicks too. I mean, it's 
so. Linda Gray, she played this one. I'm not going to be the Swartz in this one. I'm going to be Eva Lynn. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, definitely rolled an Evil Lynn character. You'll be uh, chaotic evil in this one. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, folks, that's going to do it for our first, uh, I want to say our first Ghibli. This is our first Ghibli. And we're going to try and cover as many of the Ghibli Fest films as we can. We're even going to break our own rule and bust out some of the post-2000 stuff. So uh, definitely check out our other Ghibli uh, episodes as they come out. And that's going to do it for our show. So until next time, keep calm and, I don't know, let the giant Gorgons lead you home. You've just been privy to the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd presented by Geek Grotto. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Geek Grotto. For show notes and corrections or for general geeky fun, you can visit our website at geek-grotto.com. If you would like to sponsor the show, you can do so on the podcast's Red Circle host site, redcircle.com slash shows slash M-M-M-A-N. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, please like, follow, and subscribe.